You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, everybody, we have been in a series that we've entitled Legacy. And legacy is, legacy is what you're going to leave behind when you leave. And I know that sounds like such a, like a sad thing to think about. It's, like it's, it's what people are going to talk about at your funeral, right? And it, and it feels so heavy. It kind of feels a little depressing. But what I talked about last week is it's actually a gift to think this way. Because if you can think about legacy, like legacy thinking, it will gift you with some intentional living, okay? Like you're going you're gonna to leave a legacy. Like you're not just going to live a life and, 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 and you know, leave nothing behind, you're the people who are going to live your life and, and change our world in the process, right? You're going to impact generations in, in, the, in the process. And I want you thinking like that because legacy doesn't happen on accident, everybody. It doesn't, you don't just like get to the end of your life, look back and just kind of hope it happened. No, you've got to be very intentional about it. So if we're going to leave a legacy, we've got to talk about, well, what matters, you got to focus on what matters. Ready? Come on, tell your neighbor. Say, say, figure out what matters. Tell them. You got to figure out what matters. Tell them. Say, tell her. T- tell you. Tell your spouse. You better figure out what matters. Right? You got to figure out. So, because here's why that's important. Everybody is if you don't realize what matters, you're going to spend your life on things that don't matter, and you're going to win, but you're going to win at the wrong thing. So you want to you want to win at the right things. And so, so what are the things that we're talking about in the series? How do we leave, leave a legacy? What are the things we're supposed to fix our lives on? What are the things that matter? And we discovered last week, everybody, that people matter. Like, he, like scripture's like, listen, the end of all things is near. Therefore, love each other deeply. You got to think about other people. There's nothing you can take with you to eternity other than people. And you can't take your house. You can't take your boat. I'm sorry, everybody. You, listen, you can take people. So why do we spend our lives investing in things other than people? Like, like when I leave, they're not going to say, well, he, he sure had a big house or he, you know, he drove a nice car or he amounted. No, what I want people to say is he touched a lot of lives. Now I'm praying. Come on. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I am praying at my funeral. It is just lines mile long of people sharing stories about how their life was changed. through just being around me. Man, I want that same for you. People, people. Come on, some, some say people matter. People matter. We're going to leave a legacy, church. We're going to focus on people. I mean, our city is going to be better because of us. California, dare I say it, is going to be better because of us. Like, mark my words, replay this video in 10 years from now. California is a better place because we're here. Amen. We're leaving a legacy. Generations will be shaped because of what we're doing in this room right now. Like you watch because we're going to leave a legacy. Man, between now and the day I see Jesus face to face, I am going with everything I got. So if you decided and you told yourself, I want to go to a church where we just kind of sit, we don't really rock the boat. We just kind of do things that we've always done as usual. I'm telling you, it's the wrong place. That's not how we're supposed to live our lives. I mean, you, you and I are going to run with everything we got between now and the day we see Jesus face to face. He gives us one life. And so we're going to make sure people matter. Amen? So here's what I want to talk to you about today. People matter. So we're going to have people on our mind, and then we're going to get some vision in our heart. 
You got to have some people on your mind. You're going to leave a legacy. Here we go. People on your mind. And you got to get some vision inside your heart. Let me tell you guys, legacy people are visionary people. They, they don't look at, they don't, they don't only look at the way things are. They, they dream about what could be. Yeah. They, they don't look at what is only. They don't say, oh, that's the way it is. They, they go, what if? Yeah. See, visionary people. And, and listen, if you're going to leave a legacy, I need you to start thinking like that. Because yeah. see, so many times, I used the illustration last week. You're walking around, just looking down your feet, going, this is the way things are. Come on, lift, God would say to you today, lift your eyes. Yeah. Like, get a vision. Yeah. See, what, what I'm so worried about is that, that Christians, that you and I, church, would, would live just ordinary lives. Like, we're just, this is ordinary. We're just kind of moving through, kind of. When, when the reality is God has called you to live more than an ordinary life. He, he's called you to live an extraordinary life. Not because you're extraordinary, but because he is. You've got an extraordinary God. And when the extraordinary God meets with ordinary people, he works through ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. And see, I need you to start, and this whole message, just me, I just want to help you catch a vision for what God can do through you. Man, catch a vision, could you, like, of what God can do through our church. I mean, come on, everybody, we're still here. Like, COVID came and went, people are, but we're still here. The fox, oh, God is doing something. You're still, listen, can I, listen, you're still breathing, God's still working. And I want you to know, I, like, I'm not up here to God, we're still here. I'm up here going, man, let's run. Vision in our hearts. You know, all over scripture, God is constantly calling people to have vision, to be filled with faith, okay? And, And... I think sometimes we're afraid to think that way. It's like, what if it doesn't happen? And what if it doesn't go that way? And what if, the, what if it, but listen, you need to stop asking all of those questions. You need to let, let, let God be God and let God do what God does. And God, what God wants to do is say, you need to live with vision. You got to have something you're running after. Yeah. My, my dad would always tell me, this is a good old oaky wisdom. You ready, everybody? You, you ready? Come on, here we go. You, you got to say it like oaky. Yeah. You can't steer a parked car. <laughs> That's what he would tell me. In other words, they're going like, get some vision for your life. Run after something. And then God will use the momentum of you running after something to get you somewhere. But if you're not running after something, I can tell you, you're going to always be where you are. Because you're going nowhere. Get some vision for your life. Tell tell your neighbor, you've got to have a vision. 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 Listen, Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at a few places. I'm going to help you with this. Matthew chapter 7. We all love this verse. Come on, it says, ask and it will be given to you right? Seek and you will find, knock at the door and it will be opened unto you. I want you to see what's happening in this passage of scripture. Like God is inviting you to get some vision for your life, to get some momentum in your life. He said, don't just sit there, ask. Don't just sit there, seek. Don't just sit there, knock. Like go, let's go. And here's the question, my question, ask what? God says, ask. And you're like, ask what? That's the point. You need to start searching your heart. You, come on, I want you to leave this place today starting to dream a little bit. Why? Because God said ask. Ask what? You figure it out. You, you start to dream. What do, what do you want things to look like for your family? What do you want things to look like for your marriage? Hey, listen, we're going into a brand new year, everybody. I love new years. People are like, ah, oh, I, like, I don't like setting goals. Listen, you set yourself some goals. Amen. 
I want you to have a bucket list for 2023. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do in 2023. Yeah. And, and get yourself some goals and bring them to God. Ask God. Like expand your horizon a little bit. This is the king of the universe asking little old you to ask. You, you know, I remember, he said, why don't you get some vision? I remember when, when Christmas would roll around in, in Christmas spirit, because Christmas is right around the corner. Christmas would roll around, and I tell you what, I had all sorts of vision of what Christmas was going to look like on Christmas morning. Come on, are you with me? Yeah. I, had all, I had a whole Sears catalog filled, circled, underlined with vision. I'm dating myself, Sears catalog. With vision of what Christmas was going to look like. And I would, I would meticulously circle things and, and, and highlight. And I remember doing this. And then I would take a paper and I would clearly articulate my vision for Christmas morning. I had a vision. And, and you see, God's doing the same thing with you. Hey, hey, ask. Blank page. Dream a little. Dream a little. Dream a little, church. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. My favorite Bible verses. You've, probably, you've been around it all. You've heard me preach on this. Now unto him who is able to do. Pause. He's able. Do you, do you believe it, church? Uh, Trey believes it. He's able to do. Do you believe it, church? Okay. Do what? Well, remember the thing you just, I want you all right now, fill out the page a little bit in your mind of what you want to ask God for. When he says ask, God, here's what we're going to ask for in my marriage. Here's what we're going to ask for in my family. Here's what we're going to ask for in our church. Here's what we're going to ask for in California. Here's what we're going to ask for in Redlands. Here's what we're going to, we're going to believe you for in our family. Here's what we're going to believe you for at work and with our friends. Come on, everybody. Fill out your page. You got it? Tell me when you got it. Got it. Tell me when you got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, we got it. You got it? Now watch. Now unto him was able to do, watch this, exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think. Or imagine according to the power that is at work inside of you. So here's what God says. Ask. Like it said in Matthew 7, 7. We ask. And God goes, is that all you got? God, here's my big dream. And God goes, oh, that's cute. That's cute. Because what you don't realize is I'm actually able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask or think of. Well, what is this? Why is the Spirit of God putting this in front of us? Because he wants you to live with some vision for your life. He wants you to lift your eyes past what is and start to dream about what could be. He wants you to ask what if. Because, friends, when you get a vision for your life, it changes everything. See, without vision, I can tell you right now, and this is some of us because you're tired. You're tired. I think, I, man, if I could just describe the last... Three years for so many people, they're just tired. They've, they've, they've grown complacent. And I just want to shake us up. See, without a vision, you settle in. You grow complacent. You, you start to say, well, that's just the way it goes. That's just the way it's always going to be, I guess. I, you know, I, I, I guess youth are always going to battle depression. I, I guess suicide is just going to continue to climb. I, I guess violence will continue to rise. I, I, I guess I'll always battle that addiction. I, I guess my family's always going to be broken. I, I, I guess everyone in my family and for generations has always been this way. And I guess it's always going to be this way. We're just alcoholics. That's just the way it is. That's just the, that's just 
that's just my lineage. I guess, I guess that's just the way it is. My friends are always going to walk down dead-end roads. I guess my marriage is always going to struggle. You see, I, I guess the dark gloom that's over my place of employment is always going to just be there. I just guess that's the way it is. You know what that is? That's a visionless life. That's just like settling in. And Christian, of all people, you should never settle in. Get some vision for your life. Don't get stuck. See, without vision, you start living with what's not really living. Did you hear me? You start living with things that you're never meant to just live with. Vision's going to do something. When you realize what God is saying, ask. When you realize that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think or imagine, what happens is it snaps you out of the ordinary. It, it snaps you out of what you've been walking in the last three years. It snaps you out of everything that's told you that it's always going to be this way. And it lets you once again begin to get a horizon, to get some goals, to get some dreams, to get some vision, friends. You start to say, what if? Think about it, Jeremiah, or Nehemiah, let's go Nehemiah, Nehemiah, the walls of, Jer- of, of uh, Jerusalem are broken down, everybody's in dismay, and that's the, that's the word on the street, oh, and what, what is, what, that's how it was for a long time until Nehemiah caught wind of it, and he goes, well, what if, what if I move back? And to rebuild the walls. What if I asked the king for resources? What if, what if, what if? You know what if? They rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Because he started a dream. Paul, what, what if? What, what if I took the gospel to Rome? Everybody's telling him, don't go to Rome, don't go to Rome, don't go to Rome, don't go to Rome. He's like, I'm going to Rome. Because what if I could bring the gospel to Rome? He brings the gospel to Rome, and from there it ends up going to the rest of the world. What if, you see? All of it starts in the backs of some people, the hearts of people who are willing to carry some vision. Everybody's in the boat. They're afraid of the wind and the storm and the waves. Jesus comes out and Peter says to himself, well, what if I get out of the boat? (laughs) Everyone picks on Peter that he he sank in the water. But listen, I tell you something, I would rather be, right, a wet water walker than a dry boat talker any day. Come on, somebody, right? Like, get me out of the boat. What if, what if, what if, come on, steer that in your heart. Yeah. What if, That's right. what if, like, what, what if, what if you can actually turn the tide on depression? You've, you've wrestled with it yourself. You, you've learned how to overcome. And now God is going to take what you walk through to turn around and walk hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands through. God's going to use you to turn the tide on depression. God's going to use you to reach your campus. What if you're not going to school there just to get an education? What if you're going to school there because God wants you to leave a mark on generations to come? See, think bigger. Why? Because you got a big God. Like, what if God used me to reach my friends? What if God used me to change the trajectory of my family? What if the lineage of alcoholism in, in my family, what if it could end with me? What if I actually change the, the shape of generations? Church, what if us as a church, what if as a church, God put us here for such a time as this? Like what if we, he's collected us together to 
Like I keep saying, change, a, change the city, reach our state. What if we build a church that outlasts all of us, that continues to touch cities upon cities upon cities? What if, what if we start a ministry school someday where we train and send out to all places of the world? Like, what if? What if God, we keep praying for, God, give us a permanent phys- venue, give us a permanent facility. Like, what if God isn't going to give us just one? What if, what if God wants to give us 15, 20 in cities all over the place, filled with life and vitality? Like, what if? Like, dream. Those are things in my heart. What if? Like, what if we keep writing music, Chris, Dustin? Like, we just keep going. What if? Right? You see what I'm saying? So now all of a sudden you got a vision. And I'm telling you, friends, it's going to change everything. I need you to do it. It's going to change everything for you. Because vision gives you a sense of purpose. It gives you a sense of expectancy. It changes. When you got vision, it's going to change the way you pray. It's going to change the way you live. Like when you have vision, you stay focused on it. You got a new spring in your step. Why? Because yesterday I was just showing up to work. Today I'm showing up starting a revival. Right? Yesterday, I was just coming to school to get my education. Today, God's going to use me to touch a life. And all of a sudden, you got a new spring in your step. Yesterday, I was just putting up with my spouse. Today, I'm going to pursue them. I'm going to love them. Today, we're going to make this better. You see? you got vision. It changes everything, friends. There's passion in vision. Man, listen. If I told you, after church today... Um, we're going to go throw some sandbags. Anybody with me? I just got some sandbags. We need to throw some sandbags. So we're going to have a little sign up. What are we doing? We're just throwing some sandbags. I, I don't know. A few of you really loyal people, I could probably name you. You're going to show up just because the church said, let's go. And you're like, I'm in. Whatever it is. Right? You're good people. And it's, you're going to get there. I'm going to throw sandbags. It's just kind of working. But if I told you, hey, there is a storm coming. There's a flood. It's going to wipe out all the residents. We got some houses that are going to be, be, be wiped out. We, we got some families that are in danger. And the only way we're going to save them is if we get out today and we throw some sandbags. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, we're all there, aren't we? Now, all of a sudden, every sandbag's not just like, oh, I hate throwing sandbags. It's just like, no one's even thinking that way. It's just like, give me another sandbag. Give me another sandbag. Give me another sandbag. Give me another sandbag. Because you got some vision. Don't just do what you're doing for doing its sake. Legacy people, they see things different. No, I'm doing something intentional. I'm living with vision. You got to catch a vision. Like when you catch a vision for raising your children, you're not just changing another diaper. When you got a vision for, for, for your children, listen, you're, you're, you're not just like showing up to the workplace. You're, you're not just, you know, surviving another day. You, listen, you are not just changing diapers. You're changing generations, right? Changes everything. So let me talk to you about real quick a couple of things that get in the way. First of all, some things that get in the way of vision. First of all is this. It's a wrong view of self. I think some of us, like... The whole time I've been talking about vision and what God can do, you think to yourself, well, P- Pastor Chris, you don't know me, and you don't know us, and you don't know this, and, and, and you think, and you dismiss yourself from having a vision because, I mean, look at me. I mean, I've tried, and I'm kind of messed up, and, and I think this is where a lot, of, a lot of people break down because the enemy gets in your mind and starts trying to get you to measure you by you. 
Does that make sense? Like, look at me. Look at me. But can I help you, friend? It's not really about you. You, you don't dream in the context of who you are. It's about God. It's what God's asking you to do. Matter of fact, when, when, you, when you say things like, well, you know, I, you know I'm, not like, I'm not like Paul and I'm not like Moses. They're like heroes of the faith. Now I'm just an ordinary person. Well, you don't understand Moses and Paul. They're ordinary people. Matter of fact, listen. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Brothers and sisters. This is for you right now. Ready? Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Anyone in here not really wise by human standards? Come on. Not many of you were influential. I didn't have a whole lot of followers on Instagram. Not many of you were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God's just going, hey, anyone foolish out there? You don't got it all together? That's me. God goes, congratulations, you're chosen. I chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things. Anyone feel weak? Man, I've been trying. I just don't have the strength. I don't know if I got, I, don't, I, I feel weak. God goes, congratulations. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Friends, you can't use the excuse of ordinary. Matter of fact, you can't even use the excuse of unwise or foolish or not. You can't use it because here's what God says. It's not about you. It's about me, God would say. And I'm going to choose you. You are chosen to bring glory to him. It's never been about, not, the church isn't about the pastor. The church isn't about, the church is about him. What does he want to do? Does that make sense, everybody? So I think sometimes we, we have an improper view of ourselves, and so we don't let ourselves dream. It's like, I, I can never do it. Perfect. That's a good dream. If you could do it, you, you probably need a new dream. If you, if you could accomplish your vision, your vision is far too small. Do you understand what I'm saying? If so, say yes. Okay, good. So we have an improper view of self. I think that gets us to stop dreaming. The other thing that gets us to stop dreaming is that we've got a wrong view of God. Like you forget about, you forget that you are dealing with, working with God. Like miracle working, Red Sea parting, walls of Jericho falling, death and grave conquering, God who cannot be stopped. Amen? Like this is your God that's going, ask. This is your God that's going, dream. I don't know if he can. It's like, did you not? I did part of Red Sea. Do you remember that? I Listen, I conquered the grave. I think I can handle anything in your life. Like if I, I've, I've conquered death, bring on anything else. Like this is God, you see. If you don't understand that, everybody, here's what happens. You're not, you don't dream God-sized dreams. You have an improper view of God, and so you have a dreams that are small, far too small. You, you start dreaming. Here's what happens. You start dreaming about what only you can do. So you go and you look at, you get out your calculator and you're like, well, here's all my strength and here's all my resource and here's all my, and, and then you go, and so therefore here's my goal. You're dreaming within the context and the confines of your own strength and ability. And God, God never has asked you to live within the confines of your own strength and ability. Like, Christian, what are you doing there? <laughs> you're a Christian. You're filled with the Spirit of God. 
So you've never been meant just to think, dream, live in the context of who you are. You're supposed to think, dream, live in the context of who he is. Is this helping anybody out? Come on, like you with me? Amen. Like, like remember who your God is. Don't have a wrong view of God. So, so here's, let me, can I bring it in real, like personal? You know how you know if you're hitting these or not? It's like, if I could, give me permission. I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to eavesdrop on your prayer life. I can't really do that, but if I could, if I could eavesdrop on your prayer life, here's my question. How big a God would I be convinced that you have? Like, come on. Like, if I could eavesdrop on your prayer life, how big a God would I be convinced you have? Like, so is it like, is it like, I, I, we, I, you know, I get a little, little eavesdrop on your prayer life and it's like, God help, I have kids. God help, I'm married. God help, God help, I own a business. God help, I'm trying to be a good employee, employer. God help, right? And I walk away going, okay, well. Or, listen, or is it God It's not just God help I have kids. It's God help me to raise my kids, to honor and love you and serve you in their generation, to impact this world. God, to be leaders in this generation, to walk in what is right, to know what is right. God, to stay from what is wrong. God, use them to change their friends, their schools. God, like, you see what I'm saying? God help, I got kids. No, 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 get a vision. God, God help, I, God help, you know, I'm, I'm married and we're, we're, God, I just need to, we just need to survive. No, 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 God help our marriage to thrive. God, God, the next 10 years are going to be better than the first 10 years. God, what's to come is greater than what is. God, would you, like, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, God, I own a company. God, would you just help? California is so hard. All the taxes and all the, God, would you, it just, would you help? Or, 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 or Lord, would you bless my company? God, I believe that you can to provide not just for my needs, but God, to provide in such a way, God, that, that would over, overflow my needs. God, I, I want to give more to the church than the IRS in Jesus' name. God, like, would you just move in such a way, God, that, that we are actually leaders in our industry yeah. and not just kind of, God, we're going to make it through, make it through another year. Stop it. Go dominate the industry this year. Come on, you with me? Yeah. See, like, remember who your God is. Get some vision. Church, you're going to leave a legacy. Your life matters. We're going to leave a legacy. What we are doing matters more than you could ever imagine. That that verse we just read, I I glazed over because I didn't think I had a lot of time, but I'm going to go to it anyway. Because he says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ever could ask or think or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. And then it goes on to say that through him would be glory in the church. What God wants to do is bless and grow the church. I'm telling you, listen, politicians have come and gone, but the church remains. Movements have come and gone, but the church remains. Whole nations have come and gone, but the church remains. Why? Because what we do in the church matters. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. You see what I'm saying? We're going to leave a legacy. You're going to leave a legacy. You got to get some vision. You got to dream, stir up your faith. and, And I want that for you. Let me give you some real practical things as we close on how 
How do I catch a vision? How, how do I dream again? Because you need to. I want to give you some real practical keys as we close out, out of 2 Kings. The book of 2 Kings, chapter 3. Let me give you the backstory. Book of 2 Kings, chapter 3. We'll go through these real quick. But take good notes. There's a, it's a time in Israel's history where Israel's divided into two parts. You got the northern part, you got the southern part, you got Israel and you got Judah. And the, the king of Israel and the, the king of Judah uh, lock arms with the king of Edom to go and fight against another, against another country, okay? And so they go out to this fight and, and um, they march around the city seven times. Like they're trying to do what the, was done before. We don't have to bring up the verses yet. They're trying to do what was done before. They heard about that somewhere. Oh yeah, march around the city seven times. Okay, let's try that. And the walls didn't fall, nothing happened. And, and they've been out there a long time, seven days. And, and now they've been out in the desert looking for God to do his thing. And God's not doing the thing that they thought God was gonna do. And they're starting to, they're starting to need water. Like they're dehydrated, they're parched. And then they finally go, well, what are we going to do? And one of them says, you know what I think we should do? I think we should go find Elijah. I, I heard there's a man of God nearby. He said, they said, let's go to church, right? We need some God all up in this situation. And so they go and they find Elijah out in the middle of the desert. And they're like, Elijah, what do we do? Like, we, we need God to show up. Like, we're, we're trying it out here on our own. We're marching, but we're, we're dehydrated. We need water. And, and... Elijah comes out and he does this whole thing. I love Elijah. I'm not going to get, I don't have time to read all of it, but he goes, he's just like, hey, I don't even, like, why you guys are all coming to me? So I wouldn't even talk to you guys if I, if I didn't love uh, the king of, uh, of um, uh, Judah. But because I like him, I'll, I'll go ahead and prophesy for you guys. And so here's what he does. Watch. First thing he says to these guys, let's go to verse uh, 15. Watch this. Verse 15, middle of the desert, if we could bring it up. He says, bring me a harpist. Can you guys pause and just recognize how wild this is? Like they're like, Elijah, oh, we're, we're out there, man. We're going to die. We got like, we got whole armies with us. We got, we got no water. People are dehydrated. We barely made it here. And, and he goes, Bring me a harpist. Like, where are you going to find a harpist out in the middle of the desert? And he's like, I don't care. We're going to wait. I'm not doing anything till I get a harpist. And it says, and while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elijah. There's a principle here. Listen to me. Listen to me. Elijah's like, you guys been out there striving and straining. And can I do, before we have one more conversation about what we need to do, he says, let me just set the mood. Hey, so come on, Dustin, can you help me out? You guys, help me, help me welcome Mr. Dustin to the stage. Dustin Lau. So let me, let me show you this. It's dry and all of a sudden it says, bring me a harpist. Now, Dustin, I need you to play some vibe, worship music, like, like, like the message depends on it. Oh, yeah. You've been out there straving and straining and, and you, got your, you got your bean counter out and your little planner and we're going to, He's put it away. Bring me a harpist. The whole atmosphere changes, right? Here's the point. Here's the point. Vision is birth in presence. Presence. 
Look at me, everybody. You need God's presence more than you could ever imagine. I mean, you just need some worship going on, right? Here's the problem, everybody. You don't get to take Dustin home with you today. Don't you wish you could? Matter of fact, here, stop playing real quick. This is what your home sounds like, right? Matter of fact, it might be worse than that. You got kids screaming, right? And you're in there like, like, man, church was so good today. Go ahead and start playing again. I got some vision at church. Man, God's going to change my city. He's going to work in my marriage. And then you show up at home and you got like, all right, what do we do, right? See, what you got to learn is to get into God's, help me, Dustin, presence. Just like, you just got to learn, like, if I'm going to get some vision, if I'm going to hear from God, I got to get in God's presence. When you get up in the morning, put some worship on. Hey, while you're driving to work, put some worship on. You got a quick lunch break? Man, you just worship God. On your way home from work, just get some worship. Just worship God and pray. Seek His face. Some of you haven't heard from God in a long time. And I'm telling you, you got to get... Nothing is a substitute for God's presence. Man, I, I can preach my heart out up here. And I do every... I give you everything I got right now. But it cannot replace you just going and spending a moment with God. Like, learn, practice the presence of God. Amen. Hear from your Father. Elijah yes. says, give me a harpist. And Dustin, help me preach the rest of this. Brings him a harpist, and the harpist starts playing. Hand of the Lord comes upon Elijah. And Elijah, Elijah speaks out, and he goes, you ready? Here's the word of the Lord. Ready? Thus says the Lord. Make this valley filled with ditches. What? I thought it was crazy enough that we got a harpist. Now, now you got the mood going and what God says is dig ditches. We need water, dear God. He said dig some ditches. And here's the second thing you got to understand about people with vision. Man, they, they walk and they live in God's presence. And, and friends, listen to me. They go beyond inspiration and into participation. What I mean is this, listen, I'm not just going to talk about the big dream. Vision people don't just have big dreams. They ask God for next steps. So like, we love to talk about what can be, but God's going to show you what's next. And sometimes you don't like what's next. What's next isn't sexy. What next isn't what you throw on Instagram. What next isn't what you want to talk about. But what next is what God wants to do. What God wants to do is for you to dig some ditches for you to ask for forgiveness, for you to make the phone call, for you to invite them over, for you to, come on, you to to sow into this next year, for you to, what is the thing? God say, I want you to do that. See, we think God's gonna show up and like sprinkle God dust on stuff. I I love it. People talk about all the time, it was just a God thing. And what we often mean by that is like no one was doing anything and God showed up. Come on, everybody. It's a God thing. Here's what God does. Here's the God thing. God asks you to get involved in a thing. And then God shows up in the midst of the thing. That's the God thing. God works as you're on your way to do what he's called you to do. So like when he heals the man who's blind, God, Jesus spits on the ground, makes mud. Can you imagine being that guy? You can't, 
You can't see anything, but you heard that. I heard that. And then all of a sudden, he puts some stuff in your eye. You know what that is. In your eyes. And you think of Jesus. You could just tell the guy, like, we see vision. No, no, no. He spits on the ground, puts in his eyes, says, now go wash. What's he doing? Jesus is, is inviting him into the miracle. Right? He's going, come on. You're sitting around waiting for God to move. And God's just going, it's actually your move. Like if you take that, I've been, tall, I've been talking to you about this thing for a really long time. And, and you're expecting me to do that thing, but I'm asking you to do this thing so we can lead to that thing. Does that make sense? And, and it's just faith and vision is going to get you, come on, we say it at church, I'm not just going to pray bold prayers. I'm going to take bold steps. Because they work hand in hand. So Elijah's word is fill the valley with ditches. Man's citizens, can I tell you, I'm so grateful so grateful like it brings me to the point of tears for every single one of you that dig ditches around this church yeah amen man i am grateful do you know this morning this church it didn't just happen like these seats didn't just happen they didn't just get here like i wish i, I you know what i need some of you to do sometimes come back to the fox theater when we're not here it don't look like this everybody go to those classrooms they don't look like that you know why they look like that? Because there were some people that got here. Come on, let's thank them. 6 a.m. in the morning and dug some ditches. They dug some ditches. They, they dug ditches. Why? Because they're thinking about you. They're, they're thinking about what God's going to do in you. They're, they're praying over the city. Like, they're digging ditches. And we're sitting in somebody else's sacrifice right now. Just sitting in church, enjoying it. But somebody did that. I'm grateful for the people that continue to give financially to this church, even in the midst of like fear of recession and all that. Like, man, y'all, do you know, like we wouldn't be able to carry our staff if people didn't step up and do what they did over the last couple of years. I'm grateful. I pray God, pray God blesses you. Because what we're about to see God do, what we're seeing God do is because you're willing to dig some ditches of, of generosity. Dig ditches is the word of God to the legacy lever. Come on, dig ditches with your time, dig ditches with your, your tithe, your generosity, dig ditches at home, dig ditches in your marriage, dig ditch. Like, where is God calling you to dig a ditch? Bring me a harpist. Now get to work. And here's the last thing watch this. Elijah says this, thus says the Lord, make this valley filled with ditches. For thus says the Lord, watch this, very important. You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley will be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your animals may drink. You will not see wind. You will not see rain. See, Christians, we run around sometimes going, God, okay, just give me a sign. Like, you put the shovel on the ground and whoo, dig one hole. And you're like, God, where are you at? He says, you will not see wind. You will not see rain. In other words, keep doing what I told you to do. 
with all your heart. You stay at it. You don't give up. You don't quit. You don't give in. You keep pressing on. You will not see wind. You will not see rain. Yet I prophesy, God says over your life, this valley will be filled with water. Your animals will drink. You will be restored. You will be refreshed. You just got to keep going. Here's a little, little bonus. You realize this at the end of this whole thing, that when those valleys, when those holes did get filled with water, the depth of the water they had was directly related to the depth of the hole they dug. We're going to just leave that there. But I'm telling you, when God shows up, you want a big hole. You dig some ditches. You dig some ditches. You just keep on digging ditches. And you will look back, for God says, you will reap a harvest. How, God? If you do not lose heart. You don't quit. Just keep going with passion. Get some vision for your life, for your family, for this next year. And listen, come on, listen. And can we help you run in that vision? Man, if there's anything as a church we can do to come alongside you, to help you live out what God put inside of you, we're with you. Man, you got a vision of something you want to see happen in and through the church? Come on, lead a small group. We'll, we'll, we'll resource you. We'll come alongside. Come on, just get some vision. There's nothing like living a life that pursues God with all your heart, that dreams big dreams, takes big steps. Come on, church, and leaves a legacy. You're going to leave a legacy. So you're going to get some people on your mind and some vision all up inside your heart. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives change through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta.